Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey there, my friends. Uh, Let's get back into the throne room of God today. Now, to be honest, I'm in my living room, but uh, let's, let's go to our Bibles and go to that place where John was as he describes for us the vision, his experience being caught up in the Spirit into the very throne room of God. We're in Revelation chapter 4, and I want you to see verse number 4. So Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 4. Well, the Bible says, And round about the throne... So remember, we're, we're at that throne, a place of authority. We're at that throne, the place where God is seated. We're at that throne, a place of magnificence. We're at that throne surrounded by the rainbow, the forgiveness and the peace that John has through Christ, that open door to get into heaven. And now the Bible describes a little bit more about what's around that throne. And for the first time, we see some other entities there, some other people. Okay, look at it, verse number four. And round about the throne were four and 20 seats. So like little thrones is what the Bible's describing here. And upon the seats, I saw four and 20 elders. So these are people sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. So, uh, wow. Who who are these 24 elders, and do they represent a group of people? My belief, and the belief of many Bible scholars, is that these 24 elders represent New Testament saints. The 24 in the Bible is a number of representation. Now, I'm not making that up. There were 24 courses of priests, and we know that a priest in the Old Testament represented man to God. We also know that the Bible promises that uh, the New Testament believer will be like a kingdom of priests unto our God because we have immediate access to God through Christ. We don't need to go through the mediatorship of a priest in a temple somewhere. And then the Bible also teaches that as New Testament saints, we will be rewarded with crowns. There are several places in the Bible that talk about crowns, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and, and, and other passages, 1 Peter chapter 5, and uh, little cr- crowns uh, that reward for faithfulness, for loving his appearing, uh, crown of rejoicing. And so here are 24 elders, a number of representation, around the throne, having received crowns. Uh, They are representatives, they're elders, and then the Bible says that they are on thrones. And so in some sense, they they are ruling. And what does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches that we as New Testament believers one day will rule and reign with Jesus Christ. So in the millennial kingdom, those that are in heaven will come back with the Lord uh, at his second coming and will be with him in the setting up of the kingdom there in Jerusalem, and will rule and reign with King Jesus from Jerusalem. One throne, Jesus, but the, the, the saints will rule and reign with him. 
So to me, this is a clear picture of New Testament believers around the throne of God. Now, notice how the description continues, verse number five, where it says, and out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So, wow, what, what an awesome sight that must have been. Out of the throne. So from this kind of this epicenter, from the, th- the place where God was seated, the Bible says there's lightnings and thunderings. Can you imagine just what that must have done to, to, to John, how awe-inspiring that must have been? Have you ever been in a situation in nature where it was just deafening? Maybe the Niagara Falls where you can't even hear yourself talk? Or like I, as a teenager, spent some time in the Grand Teton mountains in Wyoming. And one night as we camped on that mountain, there was a lightning storm. And I'll tell you what, that was the most vivid night of my life as the rain poured down and the lightning uh, bolted and the, the thunder crashed. I mean, it was just, I mean, it just had to be there. Can you imagine being in the throne room of God? as you are seeing this lightning emanate from the throne and this thunder that is clapping uh, all around you, it must have been just, in some ways, almost frightening. Certainly awesome, in every good sense of that word, awesome. And the Bible says here, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So sometimes in the Bible, we've seen this already in our study of the book of Revelation, the Spirit of God is described as the seven Spirit of God. It's not that there are seven individual spirits, but that the Spirit of God can be typified by seven, a number of perfection. But also, if you'll look at, for instance, Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, you'll see the seven-fold description of Christ upon whom the Spirit of God rested. So suffice it to say that this is a place accessed by the Son of God, uh, the Father God upon the throne. Uh, The Trinity is represented. We're going to see the Lamb of God make His entrance uh, next chapter. Uh, How awesome this must have been. Now think about it. The Spirit in the Bible is often associated with light, these are lamps, and with fire. These are lamps of fire, flame. And so in two ways, we we see the Spirit of God's office. Uh, the Spirit of God illuminates, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's by the Spirit of God who knows the mind of God that we, the people of God, through our spirit, can understand the Word of God. I hope that made sense. I don't think I can repeat that. But the point is, the Holy Spirit of God is the one that illuminates Scripture to us. So the light goes on. Sometimes we'll talk about that. And then uh, the Spirit of God is the one who convicts not just the unsaved world. He convinces them of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Jesus taught uh, the disciples that in the upper room, but also believers. You know, we are to uh, be convicted by the inner working of the Holy Spirit of God in our life. And so here we see the Spirit of God represented by the seven spirits, who is these seven lamps illuminating, burning the Spirit of God. Now, if you would, look at verse number 6. 
So thunderings and lightnings and the lamps of God, the spirit of God, the rainbow, the magnificent gems, the throne of God. I mean, this had to just be like sensory overload for John. But look at verse number six. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, a sea so placid and so calm it was as if it were glass. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. We're going to talk about those beasts here in a moment. But first of all, I want to talk about the crystal sea. So before the throne was the crystal sea, placid, like glass, expansively set out before the throne room of God. And that's given rise to a couple conjectures that I want to share with you. First of all, remember when God told Moses, I want you to construct this tabernacle. And he gave Moses very specific instructions about the size of the tabernacle, uh, the shape of the rooms, what furniture would go in what rooms and why, how people would interact with the furnishings in those rooms. Remember, just outside of the holy place, there was what was called the laver. The laver was that pool of water uh, for washing, for purification before one would enter into uh, the, the holy place or the holy of holy places where the Shekinah, uh, the very presence and glory of God rested. Could it be that what we're seeing in Revelation chapter 4 is that exact, that, that what God was talking about, the tabernacle being a replica of the true tabernacle in heaven. Maybe the throne room of God is this exact shape. Maybe when it talks about the golden lampstand, that's what we just read about, the seven lamps, the Spirit of God. Maybe when we read about the, uh, the, the 24 elders, the priests, those that represent, uh, maybe that is representative of the fact that we all have access, like the high priest once had access because of Christ. What about the, the, the crystal sea? Could it be that the crystal sea is the real laver, that place that symbolizes the cleansing by which we come and approach a holy God? That's why the laver is in front of. That's why the sea of crystal sea is in front of. So, wow, what a, what a thought to consider that uh, in the throne room of God, God has been giving us little sneak peeks, little pictures, little vignettes along the way. And wouldn't it surprise a believing Jew one day to get to heaven or a believing priest one day, like an Eli or like one of the, like a Zadok, to get to heaven one day and to see the, the or, or Moses or Aaron for that matter, uh, what a wonderful surprise that would be for them. But it's going to be a reality for you and me because this is not pie in the sky. This is not something that we put in a Disney movie. No, this is a description of the actual throne room of God. And you and I one day will be there. We'll see it. We will worship along with these that are being described. Uh, we will be able to firsthand to experience these things that Paul saw. Now that John is recording that, you, that ought to encourage us in these dark days. Now, John lived in some dark days, but we live in some dark days too. And it ought to encourage us that there is a God. He's on his throne. 
He is accessible. He's worthy of worship. And we can go there because of the mediatorship of Jesus Christ. We can enter in boldly, even today, to that throne room by prayer. What a wonderful uh, encouragement that is. And I hope it encourages your heart today. We're going to come back to this passage. Uh, Next episode, jump into verse number seven. We'll actually finish at the end of verse six and talk about those, who were those creatures and full of eyes and what did they look like and why were they there and what does that any of that mean to us? We'll talk about all of that next episode. So thanks for joining us today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.